The Laws of Forbidden Foods, Chapter 13. Continuing in our discussion of wine, first halacha. If a Jew buys or rents a building in a courtyard, and he fills it with wine, and there's also a non-Jew living in the courtyard, as long as the Jew also lives in the same courtyard, the wine is going to be permitted, because the Jew could come in at any minute, and so the non-Jew won't touch the wine. If a Jew lives in the next courtyard, then he would have to close the building every time he leaves and lock it, and we don't have to worry that the non-Jew will make his own key. Second halacha. In the latter case, if he left and he forgot to lock it, or if he locked it but he gave a key to a non-Jew, the wine cannot be drunk, which means that it's still permitted for benefit, it just can't be drunk. But if he gives the non-Jew a key and just says, hold this until I come, that is, he's telling him to watch the key, not the building, then the wine is permitted. Third halacha. Let's say a non-Jew wants to be able to make kosher wine so the Jews will buy it, and he asks the Jew to prepare the wine for him, and then he keeps the wine in his own building. If there's a Jew living in the courtyard who guards the wine, then the wine is still permitted. That's still true if the Jew leaves and comes back from time to time. But even if the Jew keeps a key and a seal, and the non-Jew does not have a key, if he doesn't live in the courtyard, since the building is owned by a non-Jew, we can't say that the non-Jew wouldn't copy the key, and therefore the wine is prohibited. Fourth halacha. The prior halacha doesn't change even if a Jew wrote out a bill of sale for the wine. If he has not given any money yet, then the non-Jew still owns the wine, so he still may come in and touch it unless a Jew lives in the courtyard and guards it. Fifth halacha. If there was wine that was permitted and owned by a Gentile, and it was placed in the public domain, and there are Jews that regularly go back and forth into this building, it is permitted. Sixth halacha. Here Rambam gives a couple of examples of the public domain. They include a trash heap a window, or under a palm tree. And a house that's open to such a place is considered open to the public domain. Seventh halacha. If you have a courtyard that has divider, non-Jew lives on one side and a Jew lives on the other side. Or if there are two roofs and the Jew's roof overlooks the non-Jew's roof or they're the same height. Even if there are low dividers separating them. Even if the non-Jew could reach into the Jew's portion of the courtyard, we are not concerned and any wine in the courtyard is permissible. Eighth halacha. It is permissible for a Jew to give wine to a non-Jew that is closed as long as there are two simanim. Simon literally means a sign. Here what it means is a sign that the wine hasn't been tampered with. Sometimes this is called a seal within a seal. A barrel that has been closed and then sealed with clay has one sign, not two. Ninth halacha. If a Jew gave a closed bottle or container of wine with one seal to a non-Jew, the wine would be forbidden to drink, but it would be permitted to benefit from it. Tenth halacha. Wine that's been cooked, or beer, or wine that's been mixed with honey, also vinegar, cheese, milk, all of these things need only one sign if they're to be entrusted with the Gentile. But wine, meat, and pieces of fish all need two signs. The distinction is that in the former case, what we're concerned with is primarily rabbinic prohibitions, and in the latter case, it's all Torah prohibitions. Eleventh halacha. Here Rambam states that all these laws in which we forbid wine to be drunk because we assume that a Gentile might have touched it, the law only really applies if the Gentile is an idolater. But if the Gentile is not an idolater, for example, if he's an Arab, and presumably here he means a Muslim, the wine would be permitted. Twelfth halacha. But if one deposits wine within the domain of a Gertai, that is, a non-Jew has accepted the Noahide laws, the wine would be prohibited to drink. Because in the former case, all we were concerned with is perhaps the Gentile touched it. But here, if he's left the wine with a non-Jew for an extended period of time, he may have exchanged it for a different wine. Thirteenth halacha. Certain situations where the prohibition against wine that's offered as a libation doesn't apply at all, but the sages are nonetheless careful. For example, a Gentile pouring water into wine because he could come to pour wine into water. A Gentile should not bring grapes to the wine press because he could come to press them, and so on. But in all these cases, even though the sages prohibit the practice, if it has already been done, the wine is still prohibited. 14th halacha. If a non-Jew smells the fragrance of wine, he does not render it prohibited. A Jew may also smell non-Jewish wine. 15th halacha. When anything becomes prohibited for benefit, even if a Jew sells them, he is permitted to use the money. The exception is actual idols. But our sages have said that money earned through selling non-Jewish wine is prohibited to benefit from, just like their idols. 16th halacha. For that reason, if a Jew rents to a non-Jew a boat or a ship to transport non-Jewish wine, the money that he earns is prohibited and should be thrown into the Dead Sea. 17th halacha. But if a non-Jew rented a donkey to ride on and buy the by place wine on it, there the money is permitted. Also, if a Jew is hired to break containers of wine that were used for libations, he may benefit from that money, and to the contrary, he is blessed because he is eliminating obscenity. 18th halacha. 
If a Jew is hired to transport a bunch of barrels, and he is told that all of these barrels are beer, and he finds that one of the barrels is wine, all of the money he makes is prohibited. 19th halacha. However, if he's paid barrel for barrel, in other words, the person says, each barrel you take, you get another coin, and he thought they were all beer, but one of them turns out to be wine, the money from the wine is prohibited, but the rest is permitted. 20th halacha. If a non-Jew hires a bunch of Jewish workers, and instead of money, he sends them barrels of wine as payment, they may say, give me the wine's worth. But once they've taken the wine into their own rishus, they can no longer do so, because they'd be selling non-Jewish wine for money. 21st halacha. Jew does not have to be concerned that if a non-Jew is paying him, that he sold an idol or non-Jewish wine in order to pay him. But if he says to him, wait until I sell this idol or this wine, and I'll pay you with the money, then the money is prohibited. 22nd halacha. If a convert to Judaism used to be a partner with a non-Jew in a business, and they come to divide their resources, the convert cannot tell the non-Jew, you take all of the idols and I'll take everything else. Or you take the wine and I'll take everything else. Because here he wants the idols or the wine to continue to exist so that he can take the money. There's a different halacha, however, if there's a non-Jew and a convert and their father dies, the convert may tell his brother, you take the wine and the idols and I'll take the money. This is a leniency created by the rabbis. 23rd halacha. If a Jew sold wine to a Gentile, and here we're not talking about bottles, we're talking about him pouring wine into the non-Jew's receptacle. If he established a price and received the money before he pours, it's fine. But if he pours first, now he's selling the non-Jew wine that he's prohibited to benefit from, and so therefore it's prohibited. 24th halacha. In the prior case, he must measure the wine in his own containers first. If he measures it in the non-Jew's containers, he has to take the money before he measures it. 25th halacha. There's a potential problem if a Jew gives his non-Jewish employee a coin and tells him to go to a store owned by a non-Jew and eat and drink, because the Jew could thereby be paying for non-kosher wine to be given to his employee as payment. 26th halacha. This problem is mitigated if the Jew tells his non-Jewish employee, I will pay the storekeeper later this amount and go and buy whatever you want up to that amount. 27th halacha. Sometimes kings, in order to finance their estate, would sell wine. And by that, I mean that the king would force people to buy his wine. This is a problem for a Jew, because Gentile wine is prohibited for benefit. What he may do is give a non-Jew the amount of money, and then tell him, save me from having to go to the storehouse and buy the king's wine. That is, on one hand, he doesn't want to have to buy the wine, and on the other hand, he can't make the non-Jew his agent. 28th halacha. If a non-Jew intentionally touches wine in order to make it prohibited to a Jew, the Jew is permitted to sell it to that non-Jew alone, because it is as if the non-Jew had destroyed the wine on purpose. Though you're not really selling the wine, rather, you're just collecting damages.